that's loud. Hi everyone. I'm sorry for the delay. We just had a little technical issue, which you're, you're used to those, aren't you? <laughs> um, great. Oh, it's still very loud, isn't it? <laughs> I think he heard. <laughs> Fantastic. It's really good um, to be here. Um, do you mind? I know I always mess with people when I. But it's like you're really far apart. Do you mind coming and sitting over here? Is that all right? And then I only have to face one way. Sorry to mess you around. We don't like change sometimes, do we? Look at that. Perfect. Thanks, guys. Um, yeah, so I've not seen you all summer. Great to be back amongst you again. I, I do check in every so... Oh, thanks. <laughs> Feel very welcome. I do check in every now and then. I must admit, I don't read every message on the Swinton WhatsApp group. Because <laughs> there's quite a lot of them. Um, but I do, I do dip in every so often and see um, what's going on and see the good mornings and the good nights. So, um, great. So, it's great just to see the community flourishing, and um, that's just really encouraging. Um, you guys are doing a great job. And I heard great things about Church in the Park as well. Did that go well? Did you enjoy that? You didn't go. Russ, you were just slowing down, weren't you? <laughs> now, I don't think... I don't think the video worked last week, did it? Um, there was supposed to be, all the other congregations had a video introducing the season um, that we're doing at the moment. That's not there now, is it? Is it? Should we watch that? So it, it's got me in it, so it's a bit weird because I'm here, but it'll say it much quicker uh, and you get to see Judith as well. So we'll watch that quick before I, I bring this particular message.
Oh. Slow down. Um, if you've got Bible, um, we're going to look at the book of Jeremiah. Jeremiah chapter 1 and verses 4 to 19 says this. The word of the Lord came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart, appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Alas, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm too young. But the Lord said to me, do not say I'm too young. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, I've put my words in your mouth. See, today I point you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me. What do you see, Jeremiah? I see the branch of an almond tree, I replied. The Lord said to me, you have seen correctly, for I am watching to see that my word is fulfilled. And the word of the Lord came to me again. What do you see? I see a pot that is boiling, I answered. It is tilting towards us from the north. The Lord said to me, from the north disaster will be poured out on all who live in the land. I'm about to summon all the peoples of the northern kingdoms, declares the Lord. Their kings will come and set up their thrones in the entrance of the gates of Jerusalem. They will come against all her surrounding walls and against all the towns of Judah. I will pronounce my judgments on my people because of their wickedness in forsaking me, in burning incense to other gods and in worshipping what their hands have made. Get yourselves ready, um, stand up and say to them, whatever I command you, do not be terrified by by them or I will terrify you before them. And so um, the word goes on. And then in Jeremiah chapter 24, verses 1 to 10. After Jehoiachin, son of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, and the officials, the skilled workers, and the craftsmen of Judah were carried into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon by Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, the Lord showed me two baskets of figs placed in front of the temple of the Lord. One basket had very good figs, like those that ripen early, and the other basket had very bad figs, so bad that they could not be eaten. And then the Lord asked me, What do you see, Jeremiah? Figs, I answered. The good ones are very good, but the bad ones are so bad that they cannot be eaten. And then the word of the Lord came to me. This is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. Like these good figs, I regard as good the exiles from Judah, whom I sent away from this place to the land of the Babylonians. My eyes will watch over them for their good, and I will bring them back to this land, and I will build them up and not tear them down. And so the word um, goes on. Jeremiah, we know as an amazing prophet from the Old Testament. And what an amazing um, kind of commission um, that he had right at the start there that we read um, in Jeremiah chapter 1. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and to tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. 
What an amazing um, commission. What an amazing call upon his life. God's mighty man of power. God's mighty man of of valor. He's going to uproot. He's going to tear down. He's going to build again. He's, He's full of the power of God. What an amazing commission. And what an amazing work that he's got to do. Um, And actually, as we read through the book of Jeremiah, we see that Jeremiah did lots and lots of amazing things. But something, an aspect of the way that God communicated with Jeremiah that we saw repeated in both those examples in chapter 1 a couple of times and then again in chapter 24 is that God says to Jeremiah, Jeremiah, what do you see? Now it strikes me that Jeremiah, he's this, he's this anointed, powerful man of God. And, and we would just expect, he just, he's just going to move in the spirit. He's going to bring the word of God. It's all going to be spontaneous. We like spontaneous, don't we? we? It somehow feels like it might be more God if it all just happens out of the blue and all of a sudden. And, and no one planned anything or prepared anything. And it just happened. And it's like, wow, the spirit is moving. Um, And of course God could have moved that way on every occasion through Jeremiah. He could have just walked into a situation and said this is the word of the Lord and started to prophesy. But what we actually see is that at least on these three occasions, before Jeremiah brought any word to anyone, there was a process through which he communicated with God. God showed him something And then he said, he didn't just see it and go, great, now I've got the prophetic word. But he had a conversation with God. God says to him, Jeremiah, what do you see? And then we even find Jeremiah not just immediately going, oh, of course, and starting to prophesy. But we see him talking back to God and describing to God what he can see. And then God explains to Jeremiah the significance of what he's seen. And there's this process, there's this conversation that is going on between God and Jeremiah that will form the basis and the foundation of what Jeremiah will later go on and prophesy to the people. But as much as it can happen spontaneously and the spirit can move spontaneously in our lives, God doesn't always seem to choose to work that way. Sometimes he wants to speak to us and through us through a process which involves time spent with him, conversation with him, interaction with him. And interestingly, you find the same thing going on for Ezekiel. We read him, God saying to Ezekiel, Ezekiel, what do you see? Son of man, what do you see? We find the same thing going on with the prophet Amos. And we find the same thing with the prophet Zechariah. So a number of those Old Testament prophets who certainly knew how to prophesy, how to move in the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Nevertheless, we find this process going on where they're having a conversation with God. What do you see? I was thinking about this, about God showing us things, uh, us noticing things. And I, I was thinking about journeys. If you are making a journey on a motorway, if you're driving at 70 miles an hour, if you're driving um, at speed, that kind of looks like a bus or something, doesn't it? Um, no, no, go back, go back. Um, 
You know, when everything's blurred, when everything's moving past you um, at speed, it's hard sometimes to notice everything that's going on around you. I mean, hopefully you notice the big signs um, that say, you know, the M6 is closed ahead. um, And, you know, but they have to make them really big, don't they? Have you ever actually stopped to notice how big those massive signs are over the motorway? They're absolutely huge because they have to make them so big that you won't miss them. Um, But the detail... The detail of what's going on in your surroundings, certainly the driver probably finds it hard to notice much of what's happening in the countryside around them as as they travel along at 70 miles an hour. We miss things when we travel at speed. Now, the second week of August, um, Judith and I um, went on holiday with our children and my parents on a canal boat. Now's the moment. Now, um, I don't know if you've ever been on a canal boat. It's like, um, it's, that boat is actually 70 foot um, long, which is just over 20 meters long. So it's quite, you know, it's not the easiest thing to maneuver and get through that little gap. Um, but we did it. We got the boat back in one piece at the end of our holiday. But, you know, the top speed, the absolute top speed that you very rarely get up to on that boat is four miles an hour. Okay, And the normal speed that you're traveling along at is about maybe two, three miles an hour you're traveling along. So you notice, every, I've not actually seen this PowerPoint, did he put any other pictures in there or is that the only one? That's the only one. But you notice, I did include some other pictures, but Mike who made the PowerPoint obviously decided you didn't want boring with all my holiday snaps. Um, but you noticed herons flying off from the banks. You notice the butterflies. You notice the, the wildlife. You notice the landscape. Um, because you're going along at three miles an hour. And you notice everything around you. And it struck me that this is a really good illustration that sometimes we have to slow down in order to really notice what's going on in the world around us. And actually, I believe sometimes we have to slow down in order to notice the things that God is showing to us. The things that he's saying to us. The things that he's speaking to us through. And of course, um, God might be showing us all kinds of different things. But the fact is, he is speaking to us. God is speaking to us. God does want to communicate with us. In John chapter 10 and verse 27, Jesus said, My sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep listen to my voice. It is a characteristic of being a Christian, of being a follower of Jesus. One of the characteristics, one of the hallmarks that you and I are supposed to have as followers of Jesus is that we know his voice and we listen to him. We listen to him. Do you remember um, the Mount of Transfiguration um, when, when God revealed something of Jesus' glory just to those disciples that were with him uh, on the mountaintop? And he said, this is my son, listen to him. Listen. Listen to what he's saying. Listen to what he's showing you. And yet if we are traveling through life at breakneck speed, if we are busy and stressed and under pressure, the danger is that we miss the things that he is saying to us. 
If we're even aware of something that we, we think needs doing for him, something that we know is, is part of our duty as a Christian or something that needs doing for the church or, you know, we can even be doing seemingly good things. But do we stop and slow down long enough to actually hear what he's saying? How does God communicate with you? How does God show you things? Um, You know, some of us might get pictures, um, images, like um, Jeremiah seems to have got. Um, I don't know if it was like a mental picture, if it was a vision that he actually saw, if it was a dream. I don't know. We don't get all the details. But certainly he sees something. He sees an image in some kind of way. and, And God starts to speak to him about that. The spirit might speak to you in those kind of ways. You might get mental pictures. You might get um, visions that you see really clearly. Um, You might have dreams that he speaks to you through. You might um, have um, prophecy in the same way that people come and prophesy at the front of a meeting. And it's a prophecy for everyone. You can move in prophecy over your own life. Um, One of the ways that God speaks to me sometimes is I start to prophesy over my life, but I I find that I write it down. So most often when I'm prophesying over myself, I find that it's through writing and I start to write. And I think, I don't know if it's just I've slowed down enough even to write that it helps me to hear what God is um, saying to me. Sometimes it's that inner voice, isn't it? That inner conviction that the spirit can speak to us through. But of course, all of those different ways that God can speak to us can leave us um, feeling slightly unsure. Am I hearing God right? Is this what God is saying to me? And of course, if we take a step back, we realize that actually God has already said so much to us through his word. So much to us through the Bible. That God is still speaking to us through the Bible because his word is living and active. And his word is actually more than the Bible because his word is Jesus himself. But the Bible gives us a written record of what he said to us through his son, Jesus Christ. And so we have these scriptures. Do we slow down long enough to read them? Do we slow down? Do we create enough space in our lives? We might say, well, you know, actually, I really wish I could read the Bible. It's not because I don't want to read the Bible, um, but my life is just so busy. I've got, you know, I have to get up and first thing in the morning, um, there's the children to look after. Or for me, we got a cat over the summer. And so now my life has changed. The first thing in the morning is the cat litter tray. Um, Yay. Love it. Um, But everyone else is happy in the family. Um, So... You know, I've got to do this, I've got to get that done, I've got to get breakfast, I've got to get out of the house. Um, And then, of course, you know, I can't really do it at work because I've got, you know, it's just difficult and all this stuff is going on. And then I get home and then I've got to look after the kids or I've got to go and look after my mum or I've got to go and look after whatever. And and then I've got to make it out in time for the meeting in the evening. I've got to get to connect because Tinjin Shiba will be on my case if I don't go to connect. So, um, actually, I'd love to read the Bible. Actually... If this is important, if this is important, if I want, if this is one of the ways that God speaks to me, then is it not important enough that I look at my life and the way I'm living my life 
and say, I don't know what it's going to be for you, but something's got to give. I've got to look again. I've got to ask God for wisdom and creativity. But I've got to look again and say, how am I living my life? How do I make sure there is space in my life for God to speak to me? For God to show me things? For him to speak to me through the Bible? When I read my Bible, do I, if I'm on a reading plan, do I just like read it as quick as I can so I can tick my box or click the button on the, on the app on my phone to say I've read today's portion? Phew, I won't get run over now because I've read my lucky scriptures for the day. Or do I create enough time to let God speak to me? And do I say, Holy Spirit, I don't have a clue what I just read. I don't know what any of it means. Would you speak to me? Or Holy Spirit, I've read that so many times and I know it's true, but I feel like it's not happening in my life in that kind of way. Show me why. What is it? Taking time, creating space to talk with God. What if God actually wants to say to you when you've just read a passage of scripture, what do you see? What if he wants to have a conversation with you? When you start to describe to him, well, I read this and this and this, and suddenly you feel the Holy Spirit saying to you, yes, don't you see? That's because I'm trying to show you this. I'm trying to tell you about this principle, or I'm trying to give you this direction. And then suddenly the, the Spirit speaking through that inner voice, or that picture, or that vision, or that dream, starts to make more sense, and it comes in line with the Word of God that you've been reading. Or what about fellow believers? Because God can speak to us through fellow believers as well. Am I creating space in my life? Am I slowing down enough to give room for fellowship? So that I can hear the encouragement from God through my brothers and sisters in Christ. So that I can hear the rebukes from God through my brothers and sisters in Christ. Do I want to hear them? Or do I just want to walk quickly by going la 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 because I don't really want to know. Because I'm too busy. I'm too busy to deal with those issues of character. I kind of know that they're there. I know that they're kind of niggling away in the background. But I just don't have the space in my life right now to deal with that. You know what it's like when one way or another we just seem like there's too much already going on. But what if I slow down? What if I slow down and I say, actually I want to hear what the Holy Spirit has got to say to me through my brothers and sisters. Maybe they've got some wisdom for me. Maybe they've got a prophetic word for me. And my circumstances, my circumstances now of course, you have to be really careful here because we can make our circumstances say whatever we want them to say. Okay, you know when you're like trying to say, God, what are you saying to me? Um, and you can, you can have the same, you can have two different people who will interpret the same circumstance in entirely different ways. So again, this is where re- making sure this is in the context of reading the scriptures, of praying, listening to God, seeking wisdom from, from you know, mature believers around me. But God will also speak to us through our circumstances. But if we're rushing through life, if we're just kind of like overwhelmed and pressured and busy, again, the problem is we miss the things that God is saying to us. But what if we just talk to him about it? What if we talk to him about the things that are going on in our workplace? What if we talk to him about the things that are going on in our family? What if he has things to say to us, to communicate with us about all of those things? Do you expect... God to talk to you 
and to show you things? Are you expecting that God has things today that he wants to talk to you about? He wants to talk to you about your character. He wants to talk to you because he is so committed to you becoming more like him. Sometimes when we're immature as Christians, we think that God cares more about our comfort than anything else. We think that he wants nothing more than for you just to be happy. You know, like some kind of like doting parent who just wants everything for their child. And, and then they suddenly realize that actually they can't just give the child everything they want because they're more committed to them growing up and maturing into the people that they're destined to be than they are to them being just happy in every moment. And you realize as a parent, oh, I've got to go through some temper tantrums and some bad behavior and not always give them what they want because it's for their good. And God loves us so much that he's more committed to our character than he is to our comfort. He's more committed to you becoming like him because that is your ultimate destiny, destiny to be conformed into the image of his son, Jesus Christ. And so he wants to talk to you about that. He doesn't want to just leave it to chance. He doesn't want to just see how you turn out. He wants to have regular conversations with you about how much you're looking like him. And how you're doing and how you can change and how you can grow. He wants to talk to you not just about your character but he also wants to talk to you about your commission. He wants to talk to you about the work that he wants to partner with you in. His yoke is easy and his burden is light but there is a yoke and there is a burden. You know, the yoke was the the wooden thing that they put across the necks of two oxen as they plowed the field together, as they worked together. And so in saying that, what Jesus is saying is there is work to do with me. I want to yoke you alongside me. But when you learn to be properly yoked to Jesus, it's not like a constant bind and a drain and a grinding, striving process, but it's easy. Not easy in the sense of everything just happens automatically, but easy in the sense of you can bear it. You can do it because it's in union with him. Because you're talking to him, you're listening to him, you're growing with him. He wants to talk to you about the work that he's got planned for you to do together with him. He wants to talk to you about the people that he wants to reach through you. He wants to talk to you about which of your friends, of your neighbors, of your colleagues that he's sending you to in particular. Of course he's sending you to all of them, but there are things that he's doing that he knows that are going on in their lives. And he wants to direct you to individuals. He wants to say, just go and talk to this person. Have a conversation with that person. Take a loaf of bread round to this neighbor. Um, Reach out and and show some kindness to this person. He cares intimately about all of these people and everything. And he knows how to reach them better than you do. So rather than us just like rushing on and thinking I've got to win these people for Jesus. What about we slow down? Because he cares more than we do. What about we slow down and we listen to him? He wants to talk to you about your character. He wants to talk to you about your commission. And he wants to talk to you about your contentment. But not your contentment in the sense of giving you everything you ever wanted, but your contentment in giving you everything you ever needed. The things you really need to bring you true contentment, to bring you true life to the full. He wants to become all you want and all you ever needed. He wants to become 
your satisfaction, your all in all. He wants to become your fulfillment. And so he wants to talk with you. He wants to talk to you as your friend. He wants to talk to you as the lover of your soul. He wants to talk to you intimately about how much he loves you. And so our challenge this morning, am I creating enough space and time to notice the things that God wants to say to me and the things that he wants to show me? Am I talking to him enough about my circumstances, the things that I notice around me? Am I slowing down enough in life rather than driving at 70 miles an hour or faster um, through all of my circumstances, through all that I've got going on? Will I slow down like that canal boat? And will I take the time? I know that can be challenging. And I know some of our circumstances can sometimes be beyond our control. But nevertheless, it must be possible to live the kind of life that Jesus calls us to. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we want to commit to taking seriously this call that you are making for us to slow down enough to take seriously our discipleship, our following of you, our hearing you, our listening to you, our being obedient to you. So I pray for all those of us who feel pressured and busy and stretched and overwhelmed maybe even. I pray that you would help us to take the time to talk to you about that and to reflect on what space we can create in our lives. Lord, where it feels like there's no space at all and we can't see a way out, Lord, would you create space? Lord, where we need to make decisions, where we need to make bold decisions, would you give us the courage to do it? And Lord, where we just need to develop better habits, would you help us? We give ourselves to following you again. We ask, us, we ask you to help us by your spirit and we commit ourselves to taking the time to listen. Amen. Amen. Bless you guys.